ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Welcome to today's episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm so excited to be joined by Melissa Hildebrand. Um, She is a sweet friend from church. You've heard me talk before about the Mother's Heritage Bible study that we have at church. Um, And she shared something in last month's meeting that was just such an encouragement to me. And immediately after, I was like, I need you to come on my podcast. Um, So I know what she has to share is going to be a huge blessing to all of you ladies listening. Um, I'm really excited just to dive into this content, Um, really just helping moms raise our children for Christ. Um, So Miss Hildebrand, thank you so much for joining me. If you want to tell us a little bit about you and your family, just kind of give us an introduction to who you are. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really humbled by this. Um, I know that we're all just a work of grace and what the Lord does in our lives, you know, and so I am a mom of three. I have all of my children are pretty much grown. I have one that just got married last year and Mm -hmm. I have a 23 year old son and then I have a 20 year old daughter. And I think maybe why this was such a great subject for me was because it was something that I was personally dealing with. And so the Lord was helping me to understand better how to deal with my children um, like he deals with me. And so um, I'm excited to share what the Lord has laid on my heart, what I'm still learning. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have you share it. It it is going to be so great. Um, And, you know, I, I love, I think you're my first Hopefully Titus 2 won't offend you. I don't mean in age, just in, in maturity. And you have older kids. And I've had some other uh, interviews on here that have been moms of young kids, and they've had great stuff to share. But I'm excited to kind of have a different perspective. I know several of my listeners um, have older kids, have adult children. Even you said you have a son that's married. Um, so I'm so excited to have the perspective of a mom that's been at it for a while, whose kids are grown, getting close to grown. Um, I, I know that's going to be a blessing, having kind of that different take having years behind you of growing and learning um so that's going to be really helpful having that perspective so i'm excited to have you share well i think that um as an as a older mom i guess you call me now <laughs> um if we could if we could only look back if we could only do know the things that we know now right mm-hmm. and go back and do things a little bit differently but the lord gives you grace and i mm-hmm. think the lord fills in the gaps when we're seeking him every day. And I am by no means saying that these are things that I have mastered and that, you know, my children are, are perfect and they still need the Lord in their lives and and need his grace. And and I do too, as a mom. Um, but, um, when we were talking about this subject, what we were really discussing with the young moms at the group was taking our children from a time of knowing right from wrong, just our conscience, you know, Mm -hmm. teaching, Oh, this is right. This is wrong to knowing when our child is ready to accept Christ, taking them to a point of conviction mm-hmm. in their lives. And um, we can't convict them you know, of anything. Yeah. And so um, I was really challenged to just, obviously the best example that we have is God the Father mm-hmm. and how he, how he is with us um, as his children. And so in my study and in looking into this, I was, the word discipline comes up and I'm a, I'm a type A personality, so 
I'm the rule keeper in the family. <laughs> hey, I understand that. I, Me too. <laughs> so I, I typically think of that as my first thing about being a parent, which it is not all that encompasses, but it yeah. is so much of what we deal with as parents, right? How mm. to, you know, we want our children to behave and to mind and um, to obey. Um, and they gave a definition, the author that I was reading, and forgive me, I cannot remember who it was, but it said what when they asked what is discipline, they said discipline is discipling into maturity. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, that is a wonderful definition of oh, so good. It isn't just about correction. Mm-hmm. You know, it is we are discipling our children. And I think often people see discipline as a negative thing, as punishment or a thing. Yes. And you know, it, there's an element, but I loved yes. that that discipleship. It's so much more than the negative that that was great yeah so hebrews chapter 12 actually talks about it in verse 10 um it talks about the chastening of the lord and let me just read that real quick here um hebrews chapter 12 it's in verse 5 um it says and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son despise not thou the chastening of the lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him and so it uses the word chastening, which really is that discipling into mm-hmm. maturity. That's what it is, is, is discipline. But the goal in verse 10, he says, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. So our parents, basically, they did the best they knew how. Um, and what they felt like was after their own pleasure, pretty much how they thought was best. Mm-hmm. And we're imperfect parents. We don't always make the right decisions in discipline. But he... Jesus, uh, God, he chastens us for our profit Mm -hmm. that we might be partakers of his holiness. And um, I just think that the goal is not to condemn us, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's not to condemn our children just to show them that they have done something wrong. But he says in verse 11, it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So that's really the end goal, the peaceable Mm -hmm. fruit of righteousness, um, to be conformed to the standard that he wants us um, to live up to. So in, in thinking about that and how he disciples us, he really uses two means in the scriptures. He uses the law and he uses grace. And if you're married... (laughs) <laughs> usually one of you is law and the other one's grace yes. and people joke about that but it's really true you know one of us is the rule keeper and the other one is the you know we we look at it as the the one that you can get by yeah with things with you know but um when we think about the way the lord um teaches us in these two manners the law is basically his standard just the ten commandments right mm-hmm. he gives us he gives us very clear directions but really what god is saying to us when he gives us that is I want you to be like me. Mm. I want you to be godlike. And it's it's a tall order. So the law is is a really important part of the gospel and we we cannot leave it out. And I know that it is tempting sometimes as parents to not put boundaries and limits on our kids. You know, we think that we are loving them by letting them make their own choices, mm-hmm. but God himself gave us standards that he wants us to live yes. by. So we need to imitate what he is doing, yes. right? First Timothy 1, 8 through 11, I'll read these um, verses. It says, but we know that the law is good mm-hmm. if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, 
for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and all those are just horrendous sins that we mm-hmm. think of, right? But yeah. then he ends with this. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, the law is for all of us. And that mm-hmm. includes everyone. Yes. Right? We have all committed things that are contrary to sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without the law, we would not know what we were doing wrong. Yeah. And it shows us that we need Christ. Um, God demands us, or God demands that we be like him, but really when we're obeying the law, this is controlling our actions. Mm-hmm. And so he does want us to conform, right? And to obey, but outward conformity to the law is just not possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're showing our kids every day when we give them the rules and they disobey, we're showing them the law is hard. It, 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 it's, it's a taskmaster mm-hmm. and we cannot be godlike without God. So if we just continually can keep enforcing the law and this is what you have to do and you must conform and you must conform and we never teach them grace, mm. then we are creating really legalism, honestly. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's a very, I think as my my kids are singles now, what we would call single adults, I can see how dangerous this can be because if they've never learned to let God work through them, then I think we see a lot of young people walking away from the mm-hmm. church and walking yeah. away from the Lord and, and the, you know, the church, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So God gives us the second means, um, the way that he um, deals with us, and that's through grace. And I think sometimes we think of grace as, well, I let people get by with things, or I'm not hard on them, or we just have a, a, a skewed definition of what grace really mm-hmm. is. But grace is really God's empowerment, his help. His forgiveness, His mercy mm. to help us obey the law. Because it is not something that we can do on our own. It is only Christ in us, right? That grace mm-hmm. that enables us to do that. It's not by trying our best. So if we're constantly just telling our kids, keep the law and you've got to try harder and you have to try harder, yeah. they're going to be so discouraged. Well, it's a standard um, too that, I mean, they'll never achieve. Right. So setting, it's, it's setting them up for failure, really. Yes, yes. So it's by faith in the work of Jesus Christ. So Mm. grace does not just change our actions. Grace is about changing our attitudes. And when we are acting out of grace, out of his empowerment to do the right thing, right? Not by law Mm -hmm. and just trying to outwardly conform. um, It helps us to live as we should. And that is really when we mature in Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm not just obeying because I have to. I'm obeying because God is 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 working in me and God is changing me. Um, if you have teenagers, you know that it's, you know, you may not be there yet, but as you have <laughs> teenagers, it's really impossible to make them do everything that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. They have attitudes, you know, and um, they're beginning to think for themselves. And um, so if you, as a, as before they get to be a teenager, if you can help them understand the grace of God and how to live through grace, not just the law. It's so much easier to parent them as teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I can see in my own life where I have emphasized too much the law and not enough grace. Yeah. You know? And um, I'm still So let me ask that. you, mm-hmm. I, I'm a type A personality too. So I understand and I can see in my parenting specific examples of, okay, I was too heavy on law. 
But you also mentioned on the grace side, um, I, I even have some books, you know, there's a grace-based parenting book that I have. I haven't read all of it yet. Um, but sometimes I do think the first thought is, oh, well, I just have to let everything slide. So, and that's not it. So could you give me like a practical example? You know, I have, I have little ones. Um, so how can I show them grace in the right way, in the biblical way? That's not just saying, oh, well, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that and we're going to call it grace. You know, how, how can I implement that more? Um, it's a great question. Um, I think what I'm learning is that I have got to help my children understand that their obedience is the sooner, let me put it this way, the sooner that I can transfer their obedience from me to God. Mm is when they're going to understand this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tr- I want to make my children be God-reliant as soon as possible, in, in, in as many ways as possible. Mm-hmm. Not wait until they're older, right? But um, so, and, and I'd like to talk about that practically. Um, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, maybe I no, that's jumped okay. ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, the Bible says that out, out of the issues of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. That, that um, i trying to think of Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of yes. life. Or at the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart, mm-hmm. right? So when we are, when our children are disobeying, um, it is important that they know that they're disobeying. Mm-hmm. But it's important that they know that not just they're disobeying mama, but the reason that that's wrong is because God says it so, right? So your disobedience is against God. And because of that, I obey God by disciplining because that's what he said. He that mm-hmm. loveth lo- loveth his child chasteneth him betimes, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm obeying God in, in disciplining you, but I'm showing you that your disobedience is against God, okay? Ultimately, the offense is against God, not mm-hmm. just against mom. So, for instance, God can see everything. He can see everywhere, right? Mom cannot. So if they only obey while mom is looking. Yeah then that's going to, it's not a obedience of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. But God sees me all the time. And so if I obey because God is watching at all times. So I, I don't know if I'm answering quite the question. Yeah, yet, so I would say a lot of that goes back to the whole discipleship mentality. Um, I need to use discipline and correction as an opportunity to teach. So I'm sitting here thinking yeah. if... I'm angry, go to your room, here's punishment, come out when you have a better attitude. I missed my opportunity to show grace and to disciple through the means of discipline. Yeah. That's how I'm mentally processing it, how I need to work on it in my own life. Yeah. I, I mean, we would like to say as moms that it's this quick process, but discipling takes a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can disciple somebody in a week. You know, I yeah. mean, it's really an intensive, It's a, for moms, it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. I have you know, my kids are in their 20s and I'm still discipling. Well, my husband's podcast actually is about discipleship. And they talk so much about how the disciples were called to be with Christ. So it is an investment of a life to a life. And I think, I mean, that example is so clear in motherhood. It is, it is. It's a lifelong day by day, hour by hour. We walk together. Right. We teach at every moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really good. Psalm 119 is is just something the Lord just brought to my mind, but I've been meditating on it in the morning. And um, one of the things that, in, in just the first eight verses, it is, he's talking about the person that seeks the Lord with his whole heart, that keeps the law, 
you know, blessed is he. He mm-hmm. says, um, blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. And then he says, thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. And then he says in verse eight, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. And I think this is the perfect picture of He's, he's determining in his heart that that's what he's going to do, but he realizes it is not possible. Mm-hmm. If the Lord forsakes me, he does not help me. You know, my ways aren't directed to keep your statues. I'm going to fail. And so it's just a continued reliance on the Lord. It's mm-hmm. this, it's a careful obedience is a learning process. And we haven't mastered it as parents and our, our kids, you know, <laughs> we have to love them through that process yeah. of learning um, that it is a, Yes, it is us determining to follow the Lord, but it's also a recognition daily that I am I am determined to follow you, but Lord, I need you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I need you to work through me. And it, it's it's only with his help. Mm-hmm. It is not by trying our best. Yeah. <laughs> alone. So yeah, I think one of the ways that the Lord really helped me um was when I when my children were younger. If you have more than one child, you know that they are all just so different. Yes. I think that has been one of the things that has shocked me most about motherhood is how two people who are different can have children who are different, but yet nothing like them either. It's just... Yes. And and it's not... And I think maybe the Lord just does that to keep us going back to Him constantly. Oh, yes. yes. Like, you can't master this. You still need me. Yes. (laughs) And um, my oldest child was just um, really very strong willed mm-hmm. and very very willful and it, and and it wasn't necessarily a a um a, a a in your face like i'm defying you it was just a very stubborn um i ju- i just felt like the the heart it, it was really a obviously it is they're all a heart issue mm-hmm. but it was just a it was a constant struggle i mean it wasn't a you know we have some children that you just look at them and you get on to them and they start crying yeah you know and then you have the other one that you beat them and you know <laughs> they don't they don't respond they yes. go right back to it again you know and you're thinking what am i doing wrong <laughs> so um that I, I really believe and i've said over and over again in my life that god you know, my oldest son was a gift from the Lord to keep me on my knees and to teach me right I off have the bat. Those. <laughs> yes, don't we all? I mean, but it's a blessing. It really yeah. is. It's a gift because without it, we would be prideful. We would do it in our own strength, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, the Lord led me to this book um, when I was um, you know, a new parent. It's called The Heart of Anger. It's by a man named Lou Priolo, P-R-I-O-L-O. And really, he was, it had been recommended by Shepherding a Child's Heart by mm-hmm. the, the man that wrote that. I'm probably many people are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And really, what he is addressing in the book is that our issues with our children are really issues with our own heart and our mm-hmm. own self, right? Dealing with our own heart. If you have a child that is dealing with a lot of anger, it's a reflection of what is going on in your own heart. And mm-hmm. that is where you want to first examine. And mm-hmm. so it's a hard thing because, you know, we want. We don't want to think though. It's yes. us, you know. Um, so the Lord really helped me with it. But in in His method here in the book, He talks about allowing your children to come to a place where they recognize their own sin. They have a time to reflect, mm-hmm. and that they recognize their own sin, and they are able to confess that. Mm-hmm. And I think confession is so important, and I think we neglect it because a lot of times it's easy for me as a mom to say, you just told a lie, mm-hmm. 
and you know, you go to your room and you wait for your punishment and then I go, you know, and, and, and I have basically done all of the talking, Mm -hmm. but, um, he, I I saw this statement. It said, um, tell a child, if you tell a child and your inner spiritual life is weak, okay, let's, they're old enough to understand what you're saying. And you say your inner spiritual life is just weak. Well, that is somewhat effective, but it's more effective if I take him outside and I show him a tree that has fallen over and the inside of it is rotten. Mm-hmm. And I ask him, why did that happen? Why did that tree fall over? And he comes to that conclusion that he understands that the inner part of that tree was dead. And then I can make a spiritual application to it. And um, there's that's a whole other talk about nature well, I say, and I mean, Jesus, creation. Jesus did. That's right. what the point of the parables were. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's how and he taught his disciples. Yeah. I think we, we in the gospels, Jesus asked so many questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think using questions to help our children um, allow the, what we're really allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. Right, not me. I cannot do the work. The mm-hmm. whole, I want them to come under conviction, and I want them to confess. Um, the Bible says, "He um, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy." Right, talking about our sins. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. So, it's not just enough to to bring down the law and to and to you know put forth a punishment, but really to have them confess mm-hmm. and allow the Lord to restore them. Yeah. So um, I think of Adam and Eve. You know when they sinned. The very first thing that he says to them is, where are you? What is this that thou hast done? Mm-hmm. And he just asked them a question. When Cain, you know, was angry with his brother, when he did not like it that the Lord, you know, gave respect to, to Abel's offering and not to his, he says to Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? And giving Cain an opportunity, I think, to confess. Mm-hmm. And then after, even after he killed Abel, he said, where is Abel thy brother? What hast thou done? And so he just uses questions to mm-hmm. allow us, give us the opportunity to confess, to reflect, what have I done? You know. So one of the things that, that, that we have to know about this is, is if we're asking these questions, if we're not being very clear with our children about the law, about what it is, mm-hmm. if your children do not have clear understanding of what it is, of what the law is, that is it, that's not good. Mm-hmm. We have to be set very clear expectations. That's what the Lord does for us, right? And, and let me let me go back to this. But the, the Father's methods are, number one, He does not give us a lot of idle time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think even, in, even with Adam and Eve in the garden, He immediately gave them work to do. Mm-hmm. Dress the garden and keep it. So yeah. He kept them busy, and we've got to keep our kids busy. That is a huge job as a mother, and it is very tiring <laughs> to think of things for them to do all yes. day. You know? So really... You know, I remember my kids always had a chore chart, you know, and they had th- this amount of chores that they mm-hmm. had to do. And, and they went kind of throughout the day, you know, it's like at the at the lunch break, well, you clear off the table and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was giving, th- giving them things to do. Mm-hmm. And then you made the comment too, um, when we were talking about this earlier, you said that work was a gift. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think so many times we associate work with the curse, but God created us for work before man sinned and i think that was such a key yeah just in a mind shift right of work is for our good god had purpose in creating us for work yeah well we use it for punishment a lot Mm -hmm. you know well you've done wrong now you have to 
rake up the whole yard or, you know, it's, it, it, we use it kind of as a punishment, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe giving the wrong message mm-hmm. <laughs> that work is, is a gift from yeah. the Lord to keep us busy. He knows we need something to keep us busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And then the second thing is, like we said before, give clear expectations. Mm-hmm. God has not let us, let us wonder what we're supposed to do. He's given us very clear expectations. Do not cross this line. You know, he's given us the commandments. If we don't create a seriousness about what God has said, um, then his authority is really no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, your authority is really no big deal if there's, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. So we have to be clear about that. And, mm-hmm. and I think the Lord really helped me as a parent to understand that when I am giving rules, I'm really teaching them about how the Heavenly Father acts with me, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's not just, oh, just do whatever you want, you know? He has expectations of me. Mm-hmm. He has a, a plan. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and then he sets limits and specifically limits of time. Um, if we look in the scriptures, we have, for instance, in the very first commandment, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh, that was supposed to be dedicated to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? So he had, he, he set limits on us. And so we need to set limits of time with them. Um, the Lord gives us 24 hours in a day to accomplish what it is that he's given us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about a time to be born, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, right? There's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's nothing wrong with setting a time, you know, whatever it is, seven, eight o'clock that your kids have to be in bed um, and letting them know these are the boundaries, you know, boundaries of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then boundaries of place and limits of place. Maybe it's um, not to go into a neighbor's house, um, no playing in the street, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is. But there's places that they are not supposed to go. And, yeah. and God does that with us, too. Um, he says, blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Mm-hmm. And he has places that he wants us to be and not to be as well. So limits are loving. They are not uh, punishment. Mm-hmm. They're loving. Well, and uh, we have a pastor friend that gave the illustration. I thought this was so good of... A fence and we have a big yard and you know my kids are little and we have a busy road in front of us so we have no fence because we have no fence the boundary is closer to the house than it would be if we had the fence mm. and really they might see a fence and think oh this is pinning me in but it's actually allowing me to give them more leeway wow. because that boundary is set Um, So I I love that with just setting limits, how God gives us those boundaries, not to box us in, but to say, here is all the freedom that I have for you. Just don't cross this line. Yeah. It gives us safety and security. Mm -hmm. Yes. Kids without boundaries, I think they are very insecure. Mm -hmm. And I think they're constantly, sometimes I see them constantly acting out because they're wanting someone to restrain them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's an act of love. Yeah. You know, to have limits. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, the fourth one is we have to enforce the law. And this is where it gets hard for, especially for people that are, if, if you're grace, you know. Um, but we are shaping their conscience, so we have to be careful about what we punish them for. Mm-hmm. And I think we only punish for what God punishes for, you know, for sin. Um, I've, I've seen parents sometimes give very harsh spankings for a child cutting a flower off a bush mm-hmm. out front or maybe cutting their hair. <laughs> And while these are all things maybe we might not want to happen, 
they're not sin. And so mm-hmm. we're shaping their conscience to teach them what is right and wrong. So we have to be really careful about that. That was really good. I loved when you said that because I am, I have little kids. So that has helped me analyze behavior and, okay, was this disobedience and defiance or was this just immaturity? Right. And I think there is a point that I've seen, especially with my oldest, where it crosses, where it may be picking the flower, but she's been told multiple times, okay, mommy's rose bush is special. Let's not touch mommy's rose bush. So I see, okay, the immaturity has moved over to disobedience because I've given you clear instructions. I've set that limit, but it has helped me really think through some stuff that is just there for, there too. They're immature and I need to give them space to be immature because God gives right. me space to be immature. Right. right. And that was really good. I love yeah. when you shared that. I think writing on the walls, that's mm-hmm. a thing that, you know, kids do. And I think, did we have a rule in our home that you were not to write on the walls? Well, if we did, then that is clear dis- disobedience. Mm-hmm. But if that's the first time they wrote on the walls, as a mom, we're, oh, I mean, oh my word, <laughs> we work so hard to get the house clean. You had to use that example. Good. That happened recently. With one yeah. of mine, he drew a monster on the wall, and I was like, yeah. I should have, yeah. But you know, no, that a, was not clearly good, laid out for him. So it's a good teaching opportunity to say there are, this is a limit of place. Yes. Right? There are places to draw monsters. Pencils so, belong on paper. Right. And we do not draw them on the walls. And now, why would we not let our children draw on the walls? Why? I mean, we're not just training our children to be obedient, but we're also training them to be good citizens. Mm-hmm. We don't want them going and drawing on the wall downtown. Yeah. We've been talking a lot recently you know? about stewardship. Even yes. this little, trying to teach them, hey, God's yeah. given us things, and to be a good steward is to take care of them. Coloring on the walls of a house that really isn't ours, we rent. That is not being a wise steward right. of that. And, right. you know, I think, too, maybe you have something to add to this because you have older children. But I think as young moms, sometimes we just gloss over and think they can't comprehend that kind of conversation. You know, it's talking about stewardship to a four and two year old. Um, but I, I think from what I've heard from people that know way more than me, that kids get way more than we give them credit for. That we don't have to just gloss over or not even say it. But also as we use that kind of language, we are teaching them what we are meaning. So it's okay to talk about, hey, stewardship, we need to take care of our things, be wise stewards of our possessions that God has blessed us with. Um, So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I just, I do think for the young moms, you know, in this discipleship mentality of bringing our kids to maturity, part of that is speaking maybe above their level, but they really won't get there if we don't speak it. Right, right. Well, it's, I think it's different for every child too. Mm -hmm. And some children can understand much sooner and some cannot. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, but I still think the opportunity to teach is there. And so I think we should take it and let God, you know, deal with that. I, I think a great way to teach, especially when they're younger, um, but anytime, anytime our children did something that was not being a good steward, um, maybe they um, broke a neighbor's bike or, you know, painted something they shouldn't have or wrote on the walls, whatever it is, they made amends. Mm-hmm. And it may not be sin. They're not getting a punishment, but we make that right. Mm-hmm. You restore that bike to that person better than what it was. You know, you borrow the lawnmower, you return it just as nice as it was or nicer or cleaner. Mm-hmm. And it was a constant, you know, even when they're a, a, a child, they clean the wall mm-hmm. and they worked with me to clean the wall. I, I wasn't there being punished mm-hmm. to clean the wall. 
Um, but they have to learn that. I think sometimes we just, we get angry and then we don't take the time mm-hmm. that it takes to help them make amends. You know, well, and I was thankful when my son colored on the wall, even though my attitude was not correct. I do think my action was because he didn't get in trouble, but he did help me clean the wall because you're right. He colored on it. So mommy isn't right. going to be the one that's going to sit here and scrub it off. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, there again, I should have checked my attitude. Um, but I think that is good that I know that's helping me to think through how I'm responding to them with the goal of this idea of discipling them. Psalm 32 5 says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. And so when we're thinking about when, when our children do something that is wrong, um, instead of, and, and I'm not saying there's never a place for saying you did, this is wrong, and you know, just taking care of it right away, but especially as our children get older, um, you can deal with it two ways. When the, when the children are younger, you can have a conversation with them. You know, so, um, and, and I would highly suggest that everybody cools off. <laughs> you know, if you have to say, I want you to sit in your room for a few minutes and mommy's going to go pray or mommy's going to go think or, mm-hmm. you know, and I am, and, and then you and I are going to have a conversation about what just happened and let tempers calm down, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're breaking up a fight between siblings or whatever, but, um, Allow the grace of God to begin to do the work. And you pray the Lord will help you, help them to see see what they did. Um, but Romans chapter 12, um, verse 17, it says, Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And really, I think what that verse is saying is you, you need to be prepared what to do. As, as situations arise and come up, you need to be prepared ahead of time of how mm-hmm. you're going to respond. So provide things honest in the sight of all men. So we want to help our children do that. So I, I might go into the room with my son and say, um, now, you know, son, when I walked into the room, you and your brother were fighting. Um, tell me about what happened to lead up to that. Why were you fighting? Mm-hmm. And so let them talk to you about the situation, about what happened, why, you know, and then we ask them questions. So. What, what was it that that happened to provoke me to anger? And this is all in the heart of anger, by the way. This is called the heart journal. Mm-hmm. And he asked these questions. And of course, you can rephrase these. There's lots of different ways that you can say them. But basically, what happened to provoke me to anger? Or what were the circumstances that led to my becoming angry? And let them talk to you about it. And number two, what did you say to yourself? What did you say in your heart when you became angry? And I think this is where... Um, the book really talks a lot about this, about I- the idolatry of our hearts, about the reason that we sin is because we love something more than mm. we love God. Yeah. And it may be the love of self, um, the love of material possessions. You know, um, th- there's so many. There's a list in the book, actually, that they give of all of the different ways that we can realize that we are not putting the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And so um, what did I want? What did I desire or long for when I became angry? And let them tell you, you know, and for younger kids, it's going to be very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to understand what that is. Well, what does the Bible say about what you said to yourself when you became angry? What does the Bible say? And so what does the Bible say about what I wanted? So if it's I wanted what he had, well, what does the Bible say about that? Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared. And, and the book gives some great suggestions about Bible verses that you can have to begin to share with them. Okay, well, if, if that was you wanted to be... First, 
well, what does the Bible say about that? Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says that we prefer in honor, preferring one another. Mm -hmm. And is that how God would want us to respond? Um, but allowing them to come to that. And, and, and this takes, this take this is discipling, right? Mm-hmm. This is where you're going to tell them for the first five or six times, you may tell them the verse, maybe even more than that. But after a while, they're going to remember the verse. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I remember God said that. But you're allowing the word of God mm-hmm. to bring conviction. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what they need. They need to be convicted of their sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to help them provide things on us. So we're going to say, what should I have said to myself when I became angry? Or what should I have wanted more than I wanted that idolatrous desire, mm-hmm. whatever that was? And obviously we're not going to use those big words with kids, but mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to talk to them you know, when they're younger. But when they're older, we can actually send them into their room. This is not timeout. This is not in place of a spanking, in place of punishment. But we can send them to their room and say, set the timer 10 15 minutes or you tell them how long it's going to be mm-hmm. but we want you to work through this heart journal and then i want you to come back to mom and i want you to tell me two things that you could have done that god would have been pleased with mm-hmm. in, in 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 place of how you acted and so this can be done before the spanking after the spanking you know and and maybe not all things require a spanking and i'm not saying that all of them do mm-hmm. but there needs to be more than just a punishment, yeah. right? And the letting down of the law, and this is the this is the just rewards of your punishment. They need to be restored, and they also need to allow. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring that grace into their lives, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it is. It's law. Mm-hmm. You know, the law is condemnation, right? But we don't want to stay them stay mm-hmm. there. Psalm fifty one eight says, "Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice." Mm-hmm. And we want our kids not to feel condemned. Mm-hmm. God is still angry with me. Mom's still angry with me. No, there is forgiveness in the Lord. Yeah. And we can be restored to him and we can have joy and, you know, um we don't want our children to be overcome with overmuch. I think there's a verse in 2 Corinthians that talks about um lest one be overcome with sorrow mm-hmm. because it's just this you know, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be know that they can be restored to yeah. fellowship with us and with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, asking questions, and I think it is so important. You can do it very early. You can start very early mm-hmm. with this. And it helps them to think, you know. Um, and it, and I think uh, the Lord does use the rod with us, and I was we were talking about that just a second ago. Mm-hmm. But the Lord also... Um, because he talks in Hebrews chapter 12 about scourging. Mm-hmm. And he says it is not pleasant. He said it is not, no, um, not for the present is not joyous, mm-hmm. but grievous. So if the punishment that we're meeting out is not grievous, then mm-hmm. we're probably not doing something right. <laughs> right? It should be grievous to yeah. us and to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord does not just use scourging when he is discipling us. He uses praise. Mm-hmm. He praises us. He tells us what he loves about us and what he thinks about us. And and I, as a parent, that was probably really something I really had to concentrate on because Mm -hmm. I was so focused on keep the law, keep the law, keep, you know, keep the rules that I would tend to let good things go by and not, you know. God is majorly working that in my heart with one of mine Um, because she is that just strong-willed, stubborn you can tell her a million times and she's just going to keep doing it. But I'm, you know, there are some days where I'm like, all I did was discipline. Don't do that. You didn't listen again. But the Lord is teaching me, okay, 
her personality is going to require, you know, some people learn their lesson the first time or, you know, one of mine learns the lesson from another's example. She's a learn the hard way kind of person. But the Lord is also teaching me, okay, if you're going to have to be hard on her, you also need to love her hard. And that's where I struggle. I, I love her, but am I am I counterbalancing that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, even not trying to, you know, love her over the other ones per se, but just if I'm going to have to discipline hard, I'm looking for opportunities where I can praise hard too, because I don't want her to feel like I'm constantly disappointed with her. Um, though there are many times where that happens, you know, I also want her to have those many times where, Hey, mommy was really pleased with me. Um, so that's been something, right. The Lord's turning in my heart and life right now. Yeah, it is. It's definitely something I had to work on. I, when I was student teacher, um, when I was in college, I, the, that was the negative comment that I got from my observers. They would say, you're great at keeping order, but you just don't encourage the kids enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to recognize when they're doing things that are wrong. So they developed this little system. I, I actually got it from the, the girl that I student taught with, and she it was just fabulous. But she had this point system, and instead of getting on to kids for bad behavior, she would say, every time she noticed that someone was maybe misbehaving, mm-hmm. she would look for somebody in the classroom that wasn't. And then she would say, oh, Susie, you are sitting up so straight and tall. You get a plus point. Mm. And immediately that other person would just oh, sit yes. up real straight in their chair. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, I can't believe how great that works. Rather than drawing attention constantly to the negative behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think if we have a child that is constantly in trouble, and I know how that is, they get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so learning to draw the attention away, you know, that um, in, in my studying it said make all negative behavior counterproductive and all positive behavior productive Mm -hmm. you know like that isn't all that gets my attention the fact that you wow you did such a great job cleaning your room or you have been so kind to your brother today and um i don't want to interject something this is a little bit of a rabbit trail something else that the lord just brought to my mind about Mm -hmm. this is that when we praise our children that we praise them for the same things that god praises us for Mm. And that we don't make them think that I love you more because you're obeying or because you're acting a certain way. But I love you. I'm praising you because of who you are. I'm so glad you're my daughter. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad you're my son. Right? And it's hard sometimes when our kids are just all day long. You're thinking, what is the positive that I can praise here for? Mm -hmm. You know? Because we tend to think in terms of actions, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's all. But we can praise them for um, for all kinds of things that aren't related just to actions, mm-hmm. you know, praise them for who they are. I am so thankful that God gave you to me to be my son. I wouldn't have picked anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you are so special to me and you are so loved by me. I could not love you any more than I love you right now. And mm-hmm. saying those type of things over that it's not based on performance. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I remember my son saying to me at one time, you know, when he was, cause he, he was always in trouble. And he said, um, I'm just, I'm so bad. <laughs> you know, I'm such a bad kid. You know, but I thought it broke my heart because I didn't want him to think that he was a bad kid, yeah. but we uncon- unconsciously are portraying mm-hmm. that sometimes to them. And I found so much, especially with my oldest, if I want a mirror of how my parenting is going, 
I just observe her because it either trickles down to how she treats her brother or how Mm. she treats her baby dolls. And I see that. And I have been working on changing my language and praise because it was for a while like, oh, you cleaned up your room. You know, you did so great. I'm so happy. I'm thankful, you know, but I have tried to shift that. I've even been saying things recently like you're such she loves to help around the house. So instead of saying, okay, you know, thank you for doing helping me with the laundry, I've been trying to say, you know, thank you so much for being a blessing to mommy and helping us out. You know, we're a family, we're a team, and we work together. But I've been using blessing and encouragement. I've been telling you were an encouragement to me when, right. you know, awesome. you did that without asking. And recently, I hadn't really been thinking about it a lot, but <laughs> we came home from church a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and Though this wasn't an encouragement to me, she came back to her and she said, Mommy, I wanted to be an encouragement to you. And I got all of us kids snack. And I came out to the kitchen and she did. She had cheese sticks everywhere and, you know, pieces of fruit all over the kitchen. And I had to stop in the moment and be like, okay, well, we weren't going to have snack tonight after church. But in her mind, she was trying to bless me and encourage me. And, you know, I just stopped and swallowed and was like, okay, this was an encouragement. Thank you. But it was neat for me to hear her use those words and think, okay, thank you, Lord. We're growing and we're we're in the right direction. We get those little glimpses of yes. grace sometimes that <laughs> yes. we're thinking when we need the most. I'm not a complete failure. <laughs> yes, yes, we need those. Yes. Well, that is um, really what the Lord has been teaching me, and I think that um, uh, as my children have gotten older, I'm realizing more and more the importance of helping them to. Um, realize that it's not just about keeping rules. It's about Mm -hmm. allowing the grace of God, allowing him to empower me to do what pleases him. And that it isn't just about pleasing mommy, right? Mm -hmm. Pleasing mom and dad. Um, There can be a trap there too, you know, that just always pleasing man, but they Mm -hmm. are answering to the Lord. And so I want them to be God reliant, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as possible. So um, I hope that's an encouragement. It was, it has, um, transformed even recently some of the ways that I deal with my kids mm-hmm. and issues um, where I realize that ultimately we all answer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Yeah, no, it's been great. And honestly, I do think there, I've seen different points along my journey of motherhood where it's almost the Lord just kind of puts the brakes on and it's like, okay, we're just, we're going to stop here and we're going to think and we're just going to kind of take a survey of my heart, my actions, my motives, all of it. And I really feel like that's what God did for me in when you share this and in thinking about all of this. And I think even in disciplining and discipling and having this mindset with your kids, it, it requires my takeaways are I need to be right with the Lord. I need to constantly have Him filling me, Him empowering me, as you said, with His grace. Um, I need to be in the Bible to know His law. I can't teach them the law if I don't know the law. Right. Um, and really, I, I need to work on the patience. I need to slow down. You know, I life's busy. It's, it's busy for everybody, but I have three, four and under. Sometimes in my day, I don't allow for the time to, hey, let's process through why this action occurred. But if my goal in discipline is discipleship, I need to make that time because really that is more important than getting dinner on the table in time or throwing an extra load of laundry in or what it's, it's their hearts. That is the most important thing. I heard a mom recently, um, 
say that she just had to stop and think, in 25 years, what matters? And I've kind of analyzed things in my home recently, like so much of what I stress about and what I think is important Center. in 25 years from now, it's right. just, you know, it's, it's my kids, right. it's my husband, it's my relationship with the Lord. Those are the things that I need to be investing in. And so often those are the things that I feel like I push to the side, like I don't have time for this right now. And that's what I need to be making time for. Yeah. So anyway, once again, I'm leaving our chat convicted <laughs> a lot to think and pray through. But this was such a blessing to me. Thank you for joining me, for sharing it. I know Absolutely. it's going to bless. And I know it's going to help other people because it's God's word. And right. as much as he loves us, he loves our children. And the realization that he loves my children even more than I love my children. You know, sometimes I think, oh, I just want so much for them to know the Lord and love the Lord and serve the Lord. He wants that for them even more right. than mommy and daddy do. Yes. And just living my life for him, surrendering to him, and watching him work in my kids' lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's quite the journey. Well, it's, if, if we do not, I think the biggest failure is, the, is just prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, praying every day yes. to ask the Lord to help us. He does. He does give us grace. We mm-hmm. fail. We're going to. It's That's why he says, you know, oh, forsake <laughs> me not utterly. We have to depend on the Lord. Yeah. And parenting will drive you to your knees for sure. Mm-hmm. But if we don't go to our knees, we are in vain. Yes. Well, I know even this morning I was on a prayer walk and I was just like, Lord, thank you that your mercies are new every morning because... Yeah. I had my list of things I had to confess yesterday that I just, I didn't handle right. I had to come in and be, tell Simeon and my kids, mommy did not respond the right way, but praise the Lord. It's a new day yes. and mommy's given her day to Jesus and yeah. Lord willing, he's going to help me yeah. to do better today than I did yesterday. Absolutely. So it, it is a journey and it's a good one. Um, I'm so thankful that the Lord promises to walk it with us. Definitely. But thank you so much for joining. I will close in prayer, and then we'll wrap up this episode. Father, I thank you so much for Ms. Hildebrand, Lord, and all that she has shared from your word. Lord, I just thank you that you have set the law in your word to draw us close to you, to give us those boundaries, to help us to see our need for a Savior, Lord. But I thank you for your grace, where it just comes in, Lord, and just empowers us to do what you've called us to do, Lord. You don't call us to do anything that you don't equip us for, and I'm so thankful. I thank you for each of these ladies listening. I thank you for the homes and the families that are represented in these listeners, Lord. I just pray that you'll be with each one of them as they listen to this episode. I pray that you'll help us to just become more like you, to implement these things into our home and into our parenting with a purpose of discipling our children to become more like you, to love you and to walk with you on their own, Lord. And I pray that you'll help us to do that very thing. I just pray that um, you'll just use this in many people's lives to bless, encourage, and to convict, Lord, as we just try to become more like Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.